Welcome to Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark, your internet radio home for all things champions indoor football. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, as well as the director of operations of the CIF, as he brings you the news and notes, as well as player interviews, coaches, and owners of the CIF. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Inside the CIF. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, along with the director of operations here of Champions Indoor Football. We are moving into week number four of this season, and I, first of all, can't believe it's week number four. Second of all, the work all I can just say is the work that has been put into this season so far as directors of operations. Uh, before you even know it, you forget to do something. Uh, like last week. How about the show? Um, <laughs> so busy with so many things with league business that it just completely slipped my mind. I forgot to do it. My apologies out to Champions Indoor Football and the fans that uh, it, it, it just sometimes gets kind of crazy especially with my position so that having been said our show we are going to have a guest on today we're going to talk but mostly going to talk about the standings and some of the games that are going on but our guest today is the head coach of the new former Mesquite Marshals now the Dallas Marshals we'll talk a little bit about that change and some of the changes for a football team called the Dallas Marshals we'll bring in the head coach of that football team Larry Hendricks but we are back we are here and we are here already in week number four because week number four Already a game underneath the belt as the Texas Revolution have their first home game as they took on the crosstown rival. And we're talking about the Dallas Marshals and the Revolution get a pretty big win in that game as if you look at the score and the numbers, you... Uh, look at it and go, wow, 61 to 18. And I was at the game. It was one of it, it. It's one of those games when you talk about rivalries, sometimes the score don't even matter. It's more about what's happening out on the football field. A big uh, rough and tumble game in reality, uh, even though you would think it was, you know, really lopsided. It was as far as the score, but the competition, it's there each and every week. And that's what rivalries do. When you have a rivalry about 30 miles down the road, playing in the same league that you are, champions indoor football, it does create that buzz. It does create the interest. It does create that juices flowing for that rivalry game. And that's what has really been built. Back and forth, jaw jacking between both teams. And that's what and that's what those rivalries are about. So uh with that being said, um the revolution, they go ahead and improve to two and oh on the season as they got their first victory last week as they took on the Centex Calvary uh, over down there in Belton, Texas. So that having been said, when you look at the standings in Champions Indoor Football, um, it, it, it gets quite interesting. And the reason why it gets interesting because it's still early in the season. There are some teams that you are you ask yourself, how did they end up where they are? And then you go, well, you know, what are they going to do to get out of it? 
Let's talk about the standings. Let's talk about the North. The Sioux City Bandits on top right now at 3-0 on the season, followed by the Omaha Beef, who get a big victory in Bloomington to improve to 2-1 out on the season and has the same record as Bloomington now after that victory at 2-1, obviously, with them having the victory over the edge. That's the reason why the Beef are in second place in the uh, conference, as more so than the edges. So, followed by the 1-1 one one Kansas City Phantom, then the 1-2 Bismarck Bucks right there. And then we got two teams bringing up the final slots in this conference at 0-3, the Michigan Ironman and the Salina Liberty. Now... In the South, big time with some of the movement, because if you remember, the Law were in the North Division last year. They have slid down into the South Division, and the Law actually have the lead in this division right now at 3-0, followed closely by the Amarillo Venom at 2-0. The Revolution are in third place at 2-0, but they've got this week underneath their belt. They don't have to worry about Saturday's games uh, because they have already been in action. They're already still undefeated before anybody else hits the field. Followed then by the Dallas Marshals, who are 1-2, the Duke City Gladiators at 1-2. And, and here's the surprise, I guess, if you look at the standings in the South. It's the Wichita Force at 1-2 and two on the season. And then the Centex Calvary at 0-2 as well. So, the standings are where they are going into the weekend games uh, where there are Five games on tap in Champions Indoor Football, just like last week, and a very busy week with transactions and stuff. Last week, this week, a little less busy regarding transactions, as a lot of players think Pat or just made few changes, more so than a lot of changes. So let's take a look at what we're going to see on Saturday the Salina Liberty go on the road to take on the Dodge City Law. And that game is a 6.35 kickoff time. Just to let everybody know it's not a regular 7 o'clock kickoff. It is 6.35 in Dodge City. Other games that is on tap is the Amarillo Venom. They are on the road taking on the Wichita Force. And that game is at 7.05 on Saturday. The Bismarck Bucks, they hit the road again to take on the Bloomington Edge. And that game happens on Saturday at 7.05 as well. Then the Centex Calvary, they hit the road to take on the Duke City Gladiators over there in Albuquerque. That game is 7.05 Mountain Standard Time. So those in the Central Standard Time zone, that game is one hour behind us. So, uh, or, so we're actually one hour ahead, I mean. So my apologies, that game is actually at 8.05 Central Standard Time. So watch out for that one. And a good one that is going to develop, I think, as far as rivalries, as far as head-to-head Good games. The Kansas City Phantom on the road taking on the Sioux City Bandits. So 
those games are going to be good. I'm going to have as many uh, uh, phones, <laughs> computers. I'm going to try to have all of them up so I can watch all of them as I will be at home for that game as the Texas Revolution and the Dallas Marshals already have played. So I'll be at home enjoying those games over on the uh, feed of Eversport. So we'll be watching those and keeping eyes on the um, the league itself. Now, that having been said, a good season so far this season. I don't know. Uh, maybe one surprise as far as where Wichita is, but they get the opportunity to really get back into this and maybe get to two and two on the season and move up in the standings. But with where we are, as far as this league is concerned, I like the way that it kind of shifted, if you think about it. Dodge City and Wichita make their way down into the South Conference, which makes that division a lot more tougher, not division, actually, uh, conference, a lot more tougher uh, for down South. So, Because some people would look at the Texas Revolution and say, of last year, they would run away with it. That having been said, no, two teams join that conference and make that conference just a little bit tougher for the Texas Revolution in that division as well as the Amarillo Venom who were in the championship game last year. So um, I like the way the conferences are set up. I like the back and forth between some teams that are on there. And you look at some of the teams. My, my big surprise is I take a look at Duke City. Duke City is 1-2 and two on the season. Very easy. Could be 3-0. and oh. So you look at where Duke City is lying there in the south that could even be a more crowded uh, spot towards the top of that conference if they maybe got that play into the end zone on their first game and scored the touchdown and got the victory or maybe uh, other things that may have went their way in the second game to where they didn't lose by very much in that one either so uh, Duke City, what can you say about them? They're a fighting football team each and every week, regardless what their record is, and they proved that for the last two seasons here in Champions Indoor Football. In the North, I like what's going on, and I said it last year and the year before that, this league is I'll say it's just so much better when the Omaha Beef are a good football team. And, folks, they are. They're 2-1 out on the season, looking really good. Just right behind the Sioux City Bandits, they're just always good. And then with the emergence of Bloomington last year into the playoffs, they're sitting right there in third place. Then the new teams are coming in with Kansas City, Bismarck, and West Michigan, um, and then Salina working on it. So a lot of different uh, looks at the season so far today when you look at the standings and champions indoor football and that being said it, it's time for a little bit of a shout out here on inside the cif i want to head on over to amarillo uh where the amarillo venom have been working really hard with the tragedy that have happened as far as the fires and the wildfires and things of that sort i wanted to give the shout out to the amarillo venom for all the ones the wonderful things that they're doing as a team has really put it together as 
trying to help the community and things of that sort. The Amarillo Venom back on the 18th had um, a free ticket night. Uh, if you gave a donation to the first responders over there as far as the fires and things that were going on as far as in that panhandle area. They put together a video, and I wanted to get that up here to where people can hear it, uh, the video that the Amarillo Venom put together. It's just a couple minutes. Take a listen to this before we get to our first guest, uh, Larry Hendricks of the Dallas Marshals. Take a listen to Stephanie Tucker and everybody involved with over there as far as the Amarillo Venom are concerned regarding the first responders and the wildfires over there in the panhandle of Texas. It's a tragic event, um, the fires and, and everything that's pertained to uh, anything in production agriculture and you just hate to see it, it's, uh, it's a real heart tear. Seeing them struggle and knowing that it could have been our family that um, was you know, riveted by this disaster. Texas Panhandle is remarkable. I think we all uh, can appreciate and know that we live in a wonderful part of uh, the world and what a wonderful part of the United States that the outpouring is, is overwhelming and, and the Texas Panhandle uh, just solidifies that. It's, it's beyond measure of uh, the outpouring of support and, and uh, it's so really, really nice to see. Um, the Texas Panhandle always bands together, whether it's a disaster, um, whether it's a little kid that's suffering from cancer. Well, I think we always band together. It's all about the fans and uh, all about the uh, people in our community. And uh, for us to be able to play a football game that kind of can give back to our, our community. You know, in the Texas Panhandle, it's what we were raised to do. We, we were taught, take care of your neighbors, uh, help your friends in need. And, you know, even though there's a lot of different communities in the Texas Panhandle, really, we're, we're all one big family here. It's just it's just who we are. I think the initial support is uh, is awesome and what, what most people see from a media perspective and everything else. But the ongoing support, the continuous support through the entire cycle of the evolution of the tragedy, uh, and I think that some of the time that's the blessing is the backside of, of a tragedy like this is the outpouring and the blessings that come. And welcome back into Inside the CIF. An amazing thing that happened over there as far as uh, the Stephanie Tucker and the Amarillo Venom giving away tickets and uh, with a donation to the first responders. Very, very, uh, very uh, generous for that as well as uh, giving recognition to those first responders in the Panhandle area. So let's talk a little bit about Champions Indoor Football 101. Let's talk about some of the transactions uh, because this is sometimes really confusing towards the fan. Heck, even sometimes for me because it's hard for me to keep up with all of the rules and regulations and signings and stuff that like that. And that's one of the things that I do. I keep track of all the signings and champions indoor football. So obviously when I receive the contract for Chris Dixon, I get it, you know, get, you know, fired up. I, Obviously, as the Texas Revolution used to be my team, you know, I'm getting a little fired up about what's going on. But then I thought to myself, 
What about Robert Kent? What is his deal as far as the revolution are concerned? Folks, all you got to do is look at last year, the reigning MVP, even the year before that, he was certainly in the talks for being the MVP as well at the time. So that having been said, when the revolution make a drastic move at probably... If anybody knows football or talks football or understands football, the most important position out on the football field is your quarterback position. So was it a shock when the Texas Revolution um, went ahead and signed Chris Dixon? Absolutely. So that leaves what's going to happen to Robert Kent. Robert Kent uh, goes on to what is called the RTR. So let's talk about the RTR. It's called the Refuse to Report uh, page. Okay, and you can see that on the transaction page over at www.gocif.net. Okay, look under Refuse to Report. That means that there was some kind of problem where he didn't show up at practice or whatever the case may be as far as him not being where he was supposed to be while being up under contract. Now, the Texas Revolution did sign Robert Kent at one point of the season. So, that having been said, with him not showing up or not coming to practice or whatever the situation was, okay, what has to happen is he can put on the refuse-to-report list, and then he is free to be picked up even uh, while he is still on RTR or released. Now, that having been said, last night, Robert Kent was released. He was released by the Texas Revolution. That also being said, fairly quickly, what happens on the release? He is signed immediately by the Dallas Marshals. Okay, the crosstown rival Dallas Marshals. Of course, you're going to go pick up the MVP of last year, especially the quarterback position for this football team as where it's at right now. It's not where they want it to be. When you sign the last year's MVP, it, you get the quarterback. But that having been said, whether he was released or traded underneath the RTR status, Robert Kent has to sit out the next two games. So since that that whole situation with the release and the pickup was after Friday night's game or Thursday night's game. He is not eligible for the next two games. So when you look at Robert Kent's availability for the Marshals, you have to go ahead and go into the future. Because the first time you'll be able to see him on the football field will be when they are on the road taking on the Syntex Calvary Saturday, April 15th. That will be the first time that you'll see Robert Kent in uniform for the Marshals. So um, there's still two games that it's going to be. So the Marshals have a lot of work to do as far as getting to that point to where they can bring in the reigning MVP to quarterback their football uh, team for the rest of the season. And when you look at the actual standings right now, as the Marshals did get the victory in week number one against the Calvary, they have dropped two cents and right now are sitting, you know, really in reality, uh, quite a few games behind the law as well as the Venom. 
and the Texas Revolution, who are 2-0 and with, so far, the um, tiebreaker over the Marshals. So uh, the way it looks like now, the Marshals in fourth place. Now, you think about that and you go, oh my gosh, they're already in trouble. But remember what league this is. This is Champions Indoor Football. And folks, if you remember two years ago, we went to the final week of the season to pretty much decide who was going to go into the playoffs. And the year before that, we went two and a, uh, three weeks before uh, it was confirmed. So there is still plenty of time for the Dallas Marshals to make that move to try to make the playoffs. So you got to look at that whole situation, where it's going to be, and where they will stand. They've got a big fight as far as the Wichita Force, the Duke City Gladiators, Wichita um, uh, as far as the um, Venom, and the Law. So they have to figure out. And the signing of a Robert Kent helps them at the most important position out on the football field. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Marshals can wade through. And the next two weeks for the Marshals is a very, very important time for them because they have to hit the they have to hit the field with basically the backup quarterback position in order for them to get to the point. They can use Robert Kent in their lineup. So let's take a look at the next two games for the Dallas Marshals before they can get to Robert Kent and bring him in. They got the Dodge City Law in Dodge City, and then they are at home taking on the Salina Liberty. Those are the two games that Robert Kent will not be available to play. So a tough, tough game in Dodge City. And then you say whatever you want about Salina. Their record may be 0-2, but this is a team that is going to fight and fight and fight and fight. And who knows what the record will be at that time for the Salina Liberty as they are in action this week as well as they get ready to take on the law as well. So, so go back to this week. It's an important, important week for the rest of the league right there in the south as far as where the Dallas Marshals can figure out on how they can move up. Uh, with Robert Kent at the quarterback position, all you can just sit here and say is, watch out. I mean, he's the MVP for a reason, and that could be really, really good for him going into the season. So they get him back on April 15th against the Calvary. Then the next week, they are home against the Texas Revolution on April 22nd. And then after that, they're on a bye, and then they get Syntex at home, and then back out on the road to Syntex on the May 14th. Then the Wichita Force come knocking on May 20th, and then the Marshals on the road on May 27th to take on the Kansas City Phantom, and then they finish off the season at home against the Omaha Beef. So... The rest of this season with uh, Robert Kent, going to have to get some victories against some teams right there within the conference in order to move on. Obviously, Sentex, Calvary, Wichita Force, and uh, so those are important games for them within the conference, and they go out of conference to take on Kansas City and the Omaha Beef. So, interesting place of where the Marshals are when they are able to bring in the reigning MVP, Robert Kent. So let's see where they're standing as we're going to go ahead and bring on a guy. I I'll tell you, this is a guy that's been around indoor football for a long time and football. And a guy that has really, I, I even call him the man behind 
what happened as far as a franchise getting really put together in Mesquite as far as the Mesquite Marshals in the first year into the second year to the Dallas Marshals. It is the head coach of the Dallas Marshals, Larry Hendricks. How you doing, Larry? Pretty good, yourself. I'm doing good. I, now, let's talk a little bit about, first of all, you know, what was the real reason to take the Mesquite name off, add the Dallas area uh, for for your football team right there in Mesquite that plays at the Mesquite Arena? Well, but basically, marketing reasons. Uh, we have a lot of companies that are interested as uh, far as that. Those who are not familiar with the Dallas Fort area, as far as Mesquite, Richardson, even Arlington, but with the Mesquite moniker, they felt as though it couldn't represent or really bring anything to their business. So that that was the change. And once we've done that, we actually got more sponsors out of Arlington, Fitness Connection, team, I mean, companies out of Addison. So we've really been able to broaden our horizons by just the name change itself. Obviously, that being a big part of what you do as far as sponsors and bringing people on, as far as that's concerned, uh, you play at the Mesquite Arena. Um, one of the things, and I heard a rumor, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you point blank, heard you're putting down concrete over at the Mesquite Arena that will help your football field. Is that, is that still in the plans, or what's going on with that? Yeah, that's actually still in the plans. Uh, we've had so many different events at the Mesquite Arena because it takes about a week, a week and a half for the concrete to cure. So we yep. hadn't had that break in between it to actually get it down. So it's it's coming. So but as soon as we find that break within events, we'll have that concrete laid down ready to roll. That'll help definitely keeping the probably the surface all nice and smooth and going on there. Now, you 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 were, believe me, I I know Larry. Larry, how far we go back? About four or five years uh, you know, when you were yeah going probably two thousand. Yeah, 2009, 2008, something off in there, 2010. Yeah, we so, go way back. Exactly. We go back a little bit, you know, with, with some of your indoor. Now, you're really, I, I say, the brains behind the Marshalls. And the reason being, <laughs> I think, is the reason why it was even brought up. Now, I was part of a team that was trying to get set up in Mesquite, couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. um, but you're a guy that has always been in this business, inside uh, the indoor football game insider, I call you. How'd you get all that really worked in finding the right guy to partner up with to get the marshals off of the uh, ground? Well, actually, uh, it's kind of funny because, you know, even before the, the partnership you were trying to bring, you had the Mesquite Bandits. And those on us to own a team called the North Texas Crunch. It was a developmental team. It was basically we would fill in for games for the IFL, SIFL, Long Star Football. We go way back. So we were always traveling, playing in different leagues. And so a lot of the owners and coaches knew me. Uh, when the Mesquite Bandits were, were going to come on, the late uh, Darlene called and asked would I be a part of it. Because, of course, I have equipment, I have everything. So I was going to be a part of that. Ownership group, it didn't work. So I went back to the crunch in February of 2015. I got a call from Doug Land from out of California. Didn't know the guy. He calls me, said he wants to put a team in Mesquite. You know how that goes. Everybody wants, everybody thinks he can do it in football. Everybody wants to. So my wife, <laughs> there you go. So my wife and I, we sat down with them. They told me what they wanted to do, and I told them what he could do and the route he could go. He believed in what I was talking about. We signed contracts. And those are, and most people don't realize most uh, indoor coaches. This is a part-time job for them, you know, because it's yep. uh, four or five months out of the year. Well, for me, it's a full-time job. So I do, I do this five to three sixty-five. Told them how I want to do it, operate it. Told them how we get money in here. And those will realize we went two and ten last year, but we did well over 
three hundred, almost four hundred thousand dollars in sponsorship, and that's kind of unheard of for a new franchise who doesn't have any product to show you. So, but yep. Doug comes from Doug comes from NASCAR, from Penske Motorsports. That's his yep. deal. My background truly is social services, so I'm a grassroots guy. So it works well together. And one thing we do, yeah, do that a lot of people don't know. From Oswego, Illinois, he's, he's oh, yeah. definitely grassroots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And those who don't know, I'm big on homegrown talent. So that's another thing. We really pride ourselves in all the guys who play for us are local kids, you know, who play Division One and wherever. They're local kids. So that's how we're able to keep a great fan base, keep people interested. You know, we had three or 400 kids or kids. Fans come to the Revolution game. It's like that's kind of unheard of. For a team to travel that well, so and then that's right. how we got started. Then we had the name change, of course. I made some other changes on my staff, personnel-wise, and now here we are sitting at two and one in the season, ready to roll. Yeah, I'm sorry, one and two. I said two and one. My best, one and two. I said two and one. Yeah, one and two. Let's talk about that rivalry because it's it, it, it's developing, and you, and you can see oh, yeah. it not only you know out on the football field is where where you see a lot of it. It's friendly, obviously, mm-hmm. and so that's what they always say. It's always friendly until you hit the field, and you got a pretty oh, yeah, good one working there with the Texas Revolution. Oh yeah, of course. I've known those guys over forever. They know me forever, and and that's kind of what it is. You really want to try to build it. People see us on social media talking do all this great stuff, and that's to build the interest in the game. That's to build fan base. That's to make sure that Doug Bland and, and Tommy can fill these arenas with fans who love the game. So it, it's, all, it's all in fun. Like I said, when you step on the field, though, we got to play. After that, you know, we go to the bar, have a beer, you know, and talk to each other the next time we meet. So Exactly. Well, let's talk a little bit about your team because you just went ahead, and now the Revolution, they make a change at the quarterback position. Uh, mm-hmm. They bring on Chris Dixon. So you go ahead and you grab the MVP of this year. Folks that don't even keep track of the transaction page <laughs> don't even know. So we're getting right now here. You know, we're talking about Robert Kent, the quarterback of the new Dallas Marshals. Oh, yeah. Well, of course, those don't know, we went to uh, Amarillo and played and ended up losing both quarterbacks. Uh, right. Coach and Brownie, who was my starter last year, ended up breaking his leg. We thought it was a, uh ACL, but he actually broke his leg. My backup goes down, has a bone bruise on his knee. So we actually go into the Revolution game with two receivers trying to play quarterback. Mind right. you, there's some issues when the Revolution with Robert. I reached out to Robert. I got with Coach Man. It's, me and Coach Man, we've been dealing with this about two weeks. But we finally yep. got it worked out, and those who don't know, Robert Kent is officially a Dallas Marshal. The, the 2016 CIF MVP, he'll, he'll be suiting up with that star on his helmet, with that big D on his helmet. So. That and that and that's a good thing. And and I, I kind of what you what you don't know in prior in the show talked a little bit about the RTR and what that's all about and his yeah. eligibility uh, to mm-hmm. take him out on the football for you, field for you. And and mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate part of where it is because yeah. you're not going to see him until you get down, unfortunately, down to syntax to to take on yeah, the uh, Calvary on April 15th. So you got two more games without Robert yeah. Kenneth quarterback position. Oh, yeah, and then what we did, we had to address that, too. I went and got Kawan Dewberry, those who don't know. Kawan Dewberry, who's, who's been in the indoor game for a long time. If you guys remember the old Allen Wranglers? When, uh, he was yep. actually the, the quarterback there when they took him to the, uh, to the uh, conference final. He was their quarterback. So he's been around. He knows the game. A good veteran guy who can lead us, you know, in these two games these next two weeks. So we're okay. And even when Robert comes, Dewberry will still be a part of this team also. 
Yeah, Dewberry, and also a for, uh, backup at the Texas Revolution as well. Texas so Revolution also. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's right there. Now, let's talk a little bit about indoor football because not only do you have the Dallas Marshals that are going on, you mm-hmm. and Doug Bland have put together a thing out on site, which, by the way, I'm hoping to be able to squeeze in over there to catch, uh, oh, yeah. let people know what is happening at the Mosquito okay. on site as well. Okay. Well, and what we did, like, I'm, I'm a big local cat. I'm a, I'm a local guy. So what I did, we created, is called the Mesquite Indoor Football League. Now, what that does, that consists of 12 indoor teams that actually play here at our arena on Sundays. They usually play within two-hour increments, and the reason the games go so quick, of course, they don't have the TV timeouts and things like that. And right. what that does is that, that develops kids so I can look at them and everybody else in the CF can look at them. So not only – I brought up three guys from the league. We've had Syntex come get guys. We've had the yep. top Force come get guys. We've had the Cor- Corpus Christi Raids in the NAL come get guys. So all these different leagues converge on us to watch these guys play. You know, I can't we, – we have 12 teams with 30 guys on each roster. So, of course, I can't uh, have all these guys. So even, to, even before that, those, those who don't know before that, I had to get approval from the league to make this work. So now that's how we came up with our two-day contracts. Because I have that league, every, every other team has access to these kids. And which is great. Right. So we're trying to grow the indoor game down here in the Texas area so we make it big as possible, you know, and make it relevant to everybody else across the nation to, uh, to come down here and look, not only our team, um, but the MIFL kids also. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I think I'm going to take a squeeze on out there and take a look at that product oh, yeah. because I, I love indoor football, so I, I, get, I get a little time to, to get over there as the game happened on Thursday. Uh, so an uh, early yeah. game this week. So you're all set and ready to go for Saturday. we got five games going on here today. Oh, now, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you're turning around and you're scouting right there within there with another six games, right? Oh, yeah. Actually, we have six games that started uh, – 9.30, and they go all the way to 7.30. It's so funny. The Revolution, I think, has three guys from the MISL. Yeah. Like I said, Wichita mm-hmm. Force has a team, has guys. Syntex came and grabbed a bunch of kids. Uh, the, uh, Corpus Kitchen Rays grabbed a bunch of kids. And it's, it's, it's really grown. I got coaches calling me all the time, and I'm like, why are you calling me? Well, I want the MISL. Well, I don't, I don't run the teams. I have to give you their coaches' information. So it's right, kind of funny. Exactly. So it, it, it really works. It really works. It really works. Yeah. I, I like what you got going on there. Now let's talk a little bit more about some of your team because you have you have some players, and like you said, you took mm-hmm. a beating in, in that syntax game uh, when when they came to town. Um, that's where Colton got initially hurt. So yes. Um, yes. So your quarterback is kind of knocked out. But let's talk a little bit more. You got Larry Miller Jr. Um, I, I, yes. He's not with the team right now, but uh, a good guy out on that football field. Uh, let's talk a little oh, yeah. bit more about some of your players on their team. Okay, great. Well, actually, Larry said last week he'll be back. Th- he'll be back this week. And and those who look at the transaction list, they kind of kind of realize since I don't house like Larry, he's been a starter for me. Well, he was kind of right. banged up, so I set him. So he he wouldn't go on IR. So I actually released him. Larry lives here in town, so he's not going anywhere else. So right. when I release a kid, everything you cut him, like no, he'll be back next week. <laughs> but exactly. then also we got some new guys. We have uh, Mc, uh, Ladero McNeil, who's from Dallas, a four year start at Tennessee at the free safety. That kid really looks good. He's drawn. We have Matthew Dash from North Texas. He's a kid number twenty, who stepped in for Larry. <laughs> Actually, when Stola, a player from the Revolution, uh, we got Webb over here at the corner. That kid is oh yes, yeah, definitely. You know, so and, and I got another big signing that I worked out today. 
I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, you'll be getting a transaction here in about maybe 30, 40 minutes. <laughs> so I got another big one. I got another big one coming. You know, I hadn't signed it, so I can't say his name just yet, but you guys will see it. Um, played University of Texas. So he'll be he'll be over here with me. You got Mon Williams from University of Florida out of Mesquite. He's here. Um, you got Cordell Robeson out of Stephen F. Austin who played with the Browns and the Bills from last year. And I got him mid-season last year, and you've seen the work that he did. Uh, yes, just phenomenal. Yeah, oh, but yeah. And you got Sam Rand from Oklahoma State. Sam has actually signed a contract with uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So I will be losing Sam after April 22nd. So I will be losing that kid to move up. So they've already started come looking at our guys and things like that. So we're making some great strides over here. Definitely. you got a good product working over there. And in your second year, obviously, you, you're always looking for playoffs. You're always looking for championships. Oh, yeah, you course. know, grade, grade your team to right now. Uh, how, how are you feeling about your team? I mean, you're going into actually a, a rough part of your uh, your season as well. you got a, you, you got a, oh, yeah. um, a schedule that's brutal I coming see. up. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. Well, right now I had to put us probably at a C-minus or maybe a D-plus reason because of the injuries. If you'd asked me that before uh, right. the Amarillo game, we'd have been about a B because we were healthy going in. But with the injury bug that hit us, uh, we got a new quarterback coming in, which is a veteran guy, so I'm actually happy about that. But we're going up right. to Dodge City, who's 3-0, and Coach Ponder, great guy, who always puts a great product on the team. But people oh. got to realize he hadn't been in the playoffs. So, hey, that's one thing. Yeah, he has a great product, but this is a long season, like I keep trying to tell uh, all of my kids is a, a very, very long season. You look at the champions from last year, Wichita, they're sitting at, what, one and two right now. So, yeah. you know, it's hard. It's hard. Everybody is – one thing I love about the league, it's so much parity across the league. You really can't say this team's the best. Even with Robert with the Revolution last year, everybody just knew they were going to run through it, and Amarillo comes in and snatches it right from them. Snatches them the right great, out from the underneath thing. them. Oh, yeah. That's the great thing about this league. Each week, you've got to come prepared to play. You've got to have your A game because you never know what's going to happen. And even with Syntex, you know, they're kind of down now. They made some changes over there. And I know some of the kids they wouldn't got, they're going to be tough going in. They made a lot of changes over there at that real, yes, after the Revolution game. So these other teams better watch out. So it's going to be good. The, the second half of that season, the second half of our season is going to be really, really interesting. Now you briefly talked about your owner Doug Bland and what, what his mm-hmm. what, what his situation is and and how he what do you get with a Doug Bland? I mean, obviously, you, I, with Doug Bland, you get the opportunity just to coach your your football team and take care of the oh, yeah. business that oh, yeah. you want to take care of. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And one thing uh, one thing I love about uh, Doug, he's a winner. And within this game, within the indoor game, a lot of owners put finance over football. With Doug, when he first came in, he gave me a budget, which was a budget to everything. So I didn't have to go ask for this. I had to go ask that. It was already set in stone. Here you go. So he's, his job, he goes out, he makes sure we have the great sponsors. He makes sure, he makes sure that uh, our players are taken care of because he wants to win. And that's one thing. And plus, he's a, he's, a, he's a sports fan, which is great. You, yes, he you'll is. see him on the bus with us. He rides on the bus with us. You'll see him in the box with us. He is a sports fanatic, and that's a great thing. Now, he doesn't know what – he's not a Jerry Jones where he oversteps a down ladder, put this guy in, no. He asks me what I need. I go get him. He comes watch practice. He does some drills with us. To have an owner like him is a blessing. If you had 14 owners like Doug in the South or anywhere else, that would be the greatest league ever. Trust me, hands down. Definitely. How's the how's the reception over there in Mesquite to the Marshals and how it's going? We're seeing we're seeing improvement. In, in probably you know going in, we don't really know about the attendance. What's your expectations for the attendance okay. from last year to this year? 
Well, last year, the very first game we started at, we, we had uh, 5,300 the very first game, sold of 4,900 okay. tickets. You know, the season goes on. Once you start losing, of course, people start falling off. We finished out about 2,200 strong average attendance. This year, the first game we came in, we were right about 2,500, 2,600 for, that, uh, for those next two games. For the, mm-hmm. our next home game on April 8th, we've already got That's 1,700 Liberty. tickets sold. Yeah, we got Liberty coming down. We've got 1,700, 1,700 tickets already sold. So with the new look, the new name is really starting to catch up. Ticket prices are, are I mean, what well, ticket sales are really starting to go out the roof now, too. Uh, of course, everybody knows we play on CW33, the only team with our own TV contract. That truly helps. Uh, we were practicing. Sure. Since we had a rodeo and stuff here, we actually practiced in far north Dallas. That's a funny thing. We're out there practicing, and people drive up like, that's the team's on TV. You know, that's the team. So it takes a minute. Yep. It takes a little bit, but people are catching on. They see the D. They understand who we are. So it's really great. So when the Liberty comes in, we should be expecting at least thirty-five, maybe 4,000 at the game, hopefully a little more, but we're shooting around that number. Well, let's talk about that game. You got Coach Clay coming in, a great coach uh, up on top of it. Unfortunately, he's 0-3. You're at 1-2. Yes. Someone's not going to be very happy at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, and, and you kind of you got to look at things. And once, you know, us coaches, we look at films. And each game, is, is it's, a, it's a fumble here, a special team's there. It's about being yep. consistent. All these games, even with now, Solana, they're 0-3. But two of those games, they were in it to the end. They should have won. Absolutely. The only game that they kind of really got beat was Omaha. Omaha really kind of put it to them. But those other two, it was it was anybody's game. It was anyone's game. So, and, and that's the best thing about it. We, we, As a coach, you, you know what's coming your way. I, you're going to watch tonight, oh yeah. definitely. Um, oh yeah. And you're you're going to see what's going on. What what's What's some of the characteristics of that team that you're watching? Well, you know, of course, of course, they got they got Floyd up there at Salon. He's a veteran guy. He he knows. He comes from Dodge. He, now it's going to be an interesting game because he's going back to Dodge City, where he was the man over there. They love little Superman. Yep. So he's going in. It's going to be a tough game. And with Salana playing Dodge City last time at home, honestly, Salana should have won that game. They should have won it. Yep. Dodge City is sitting at three and zero, but all three games they won were, you know, a flip of a coin and they lost them. Yep. Oh yeah. So that's what you got to look at. So it's going to be interesting. Me and my coaches, we're sitting down, you know, we're going to have like a little watch party to watch the game and, you know, really critique some things and, and get into it. It's going to be a great thing because we've got Dodge City and they come right back with Solana. So we get a two for right. one in this one. So, Absolutely. Now, that having been said, are you going to have other uh, other monitors up to watch all the games? So I get as many as I oh, yeah. can. I can only get four. Um, <laughs> now, what, five games now what I do, actually, actually what I do when I, I come to the arena and I have, and I, I'm just like you. I'm an indoor nut. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm an indoor nut. So I will, I will have some IFL games on, and you know what IFL game I'm watching tonight. You know, pretty much yes, everybody knows that one. So yes. I, now I go ahead and get, I'll go ahead and give them a little props. Two files in Wichita. I gotta watch that game. So I'm gonna have okay. that game up. I have, oh yeah, I have all the CIF games up too. So I just, I just love the sport. I am a football yeah. fanatic. I love the sport. Oh yeah, I, I'm an indoor fanatic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, obviously, we do the Couch Potato Sports Show, talk NFL all the time. Yeah. But really, my passion, my love, is right here in the indoor game. And you, you're bringing that in. And, and with it being successful, it, it will catch on. Maybe another team within the DFW area. Maybe somewhere oh, in yeah. Fort Worth once they get get buildings built and things of that sort. Um, it, and it's going to create something really big as far as indoor football as well. Oh, um, right of here course, in, of just course. In the DFW. Oh yeah, well of course, and that's what we're looking. That's what we're trying. That's, that's what we're trying to put together and produce. Hopefully, we have a team in Fort Worth. I know I, I got rumors of a team in San Antonio coming coming in 
So we're, we're going to look big. So hopefully we have, we have 14 this year. So uh, from what I gather, we may expand to 20, but I know at least probably 18. Yeah. So and, oh. and those numbers change all the time too. You know. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But if we could end up right back at 14 next year, depending on what ends up. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> and and looking at how it works. Hey, Larry, you. I thanks for joining us here on the inside the CIF. Talk a little bit about your Dallas Marshals. Good luck for the rest of the way. Uh, still early. I appreciate it. And we'll get it knocked down. We'll probably talk to you a little bit later on in the season. So let's go from talking about the Dallas Marshals over to the Bismarck Bucks as they have a spotlight interview with Jarrell Miller. Let's take a listen. So tell me, a little ways away from Florida, your hometown, uh, where, where exactly is your hometown? Um, Orlando, Florida. Okay, Orlando, you played at what high school? Um, I played at West Oaks Academy. Okay, school. linebacker, running back? What yeah, you linebacker, play? I played linebacker and running back, both. Okay. Uh, tell me about your, your growing up, where, where you're from a little bit. What, what's that like there? Uh, growing up, grew up in west side of Orlando. Um, you know, my, not much, you know, pretty poverty area. But, um, you know, my mom always made a way. Good friends, good, you know, kind of bad neighborhood. But, you know, it's what you make out of it. Sure, yeah, good point. Um, so what, what would be your number one motivation? What, what inspires you to play? My family. My family and God, they, they inspires me. Um, the support I have for my family this long has been amazing. You know, I'm the youngest, um, well, I'm the second youngest, and I'm the only one that graduated from college. Sure. You know, and there's seven of us. Okay. So that was big for my family. They've been supportive since day one. Okay, so seven brothers and sisters? Um, yep, seven brothers and sisters. Okay, so they must have been pretty proud once you graduated college. Then you head on into camp with the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that experience. Oh, that was lovely. That was a dream come true, you know, um, something I, I definitely prayed for and I definitely worked for. Mm -hmm. You know, coming from any high school, you don't see that happen. Right. So, you know, I definitely took full advantage of that. Um, come from a small school, guys don't really get the opportunity. You know right. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So you worked your way through that. Um, Minnesota Vikings didn't work out for now at, at this moment, yeah. um, but you're here for another opportunity. Um, so tell me, what's, what, what do you plan on uh, the next step here after you come and win a championship with us? Uh, what do you think is in your future? Well, first, I'm glad to be here in business. I'm glad to play, you know, because Davis gave me another opportunity, you know what I'm saying, to showcase my abilities. And um, after we do win that championship, Plan on um, going to a higher stage, whatever you know, whatever God have in store for me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, if, if not, if you want me to be here again, I'll be here for another season. Gotcha. You know, so gotcha. So you're number five with the Bucks. If you make it back to the NFL level, what number will you wear? I'll probably go back to number 53. I wore uh, college. Uh, number 53, Darrell yeah. Miller. Yes, sir. Playing for the Minnesota Vikings and/or whatever other franchise calls you in. No, yes, sir. Okay. Favorite food? Hot wings. From where? We got this place called Flyers in Orlando. It's pretty good. Flyers Hot Wings in Orlando. Yeah, Flyers Hot Wings. Okay. Uh, most most important memory from your college days as a player? Um, playing our rival school, Valley City. Um, that's that's a rival that's been going on in college history more than any team I can think of in college football. Sure. It's been a rival that's been going over for about 50, 60 years. Okay. So that every time we play them guys, it's, it's exciting. Okay. So we got six road games, one in the books, Iowa City. Uh, we'll actually go there again. So we got four other cities to go to. Which uh, is there one in particular looking forward to? I'm looking forward to playing. I'm definitely looking forward to playing Sioux City again. You know they caught us with our head down mm -hmm. a little bit, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, I'm also looking forward to um, playing Omaha. 
Omaha Beef. I'm looking forward. We got them here, but I'm looking forward to playing them guys. I heard a lot about them. Sure, sure. They've been in business for a long time. They play good football. Another veteran team. We will see them at home in the future here. Um, so as we wrap up here, Jarrell, anything you'd like to say to the Bucks fans? Um, thank you, Bucks, for supporting us. And now come out to our first home game and come out and get season tickets because they're going fast. Go Bucks! All right, Jarrell Miller, Kyle Myers, we're out. I always like hearing about other players on other teams, especially up there. Uh, things happening up in Bismarck uh, with Richard Davis and the Bismarck Bucks. Always something kind of cool. Lots of games going on tonight as there's five on tap. We talked about it a little bit early and or, or a little bit earlier. And how exciting is this as you go into the uh a really kind of a vital part of the season. After the first two or three games, depending on how many that are played from certain teams, um, now teams are getting their feet up underneath them and getting ready for the season. Some have a little work to do still, and uh, th that's going to be interesting to find out because right now, as you take a look at what's going on, as far as the standings and where teams are, the Salina Liberty, 0-3 out on the season, go up against the 3-0 team uh, out of conference, but still an important game for Salina to get going and things on that. As far as them being on the road, that's always tough. Not only that, the Dodge City Law, good football team. So in reality, we'll get to see, will Dodge City continue to be undefeated as they move into next week? Will we see Salina Liberty get up on the board there underneath the win column. Then the Bismarck Bucks, who are fighting in that North Conference, they are 1-2 and two out on the season, taking on a Bloomington edge that is really, really tough. 2-1 uh, and one in the division. They took the loss against the uh, Omaha Beef last week, uh, which dropped them to the 2-1 and one record that they are sitting at. So that game will be a very interesting spot as far as the standings because if the Bismarck Bucks get the victory, they will improve to 2-2 two and two and Bloomington will fall to 2-2 two and two right there in the north. And then that game as far as the Phantoms are concerned on the road, taking on the Bandits. So that's a big game. So as far as the uh, the Phantoms are concerned. The Bandits sitting at 3-0 and in that Northern Division. And the Kansas City Phantom right now sitting at 1-1. One and one, Don't want to go 1-2. and two. Uh, It'd be interesting to see what kind of fight they put together out on the football field on the road. Then the Syntux Calvary. Unfortunately, 0-2 on the season. Head on over to take on the Duke City Gladiators. Duke City are 1-2 and two on the season. Looking to get to 500 tonight with that game and that's a, a good good game uh, to watch so let's f see how that one ends up then the Amarillo Venom it's sitting in second in the Southern Division at 2-0 they take on the Wichita Force team that is 1-2 at home not only a tough team at home watch out this one is going to be one of interest because uh, you got a good football team with what's happening there in Amarillo and Nate Davis at the quarterback position. Then the defending champions, the Wichita Force at home. Gotta love it. And then a rematch of week number one as the Sioux City Bandits uh, take on the Omaha Beef this time in Omaha. As the Sioux City Bandits, of course, 3-0 out on the season. They take, uh, oh, actually, that's next week's game. So, those are the games that are going on tonight. So next week, Sioux City 
goes on the road to take on the Omaha Beef in a rematch of week number one. I can't wait for that one. I, so much so. I talked about it this weekend. It's not even until next week's game. All right. That's going to do it. Here on Inside the CIF, I'd like to thank our guest there, Larry Hendricks, for joining us of the Dallas Marshals. And make sure you enjoy all the games tonight on Eversport.tv. It's for good ones tonight. Make sure you set up all your devices like I will. I'll be watching them all here tonight. So join us next week on Inside the CIF where we will have the Commissioner's Corner. Ricky Burtz is going to be with us also with some other coaches and some owners. And maybe we'll throw in a player here and there here on Inside the CIF with Sonny Clark. Have a good weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.